Hey folks, welcome back to St. Mark's Cathedral Conversations About Race. My name is Michael Pereira and I'm here with Kara Peterson. Hey Kara. Hello. And we are joined again by Vinu Komonapali. Hey Vinu, how's it going? Hey guys, so good to be with you both again. Thank you for inviting me and having me here. Thanks for coming back. Well, the reason we're doing this second episode is because shortly after we recorded Vinu's first interview with us came the shootings in Atlanta, which killed eight people, six of whom were Asian American women. And from the investigation that came out after the shooting, it became clear that those women were targeted because of their ethnicity and because of their gender. And while there has long been violence and racism against Asian Americans, and people of Asian descent and Asian American Pacific Islanders in the U.S., that shooting in Atlanta seemed to really kick off a nightmare of violence and attacks and harassment against Asian American people and primarily Asian American women. There were attacks, random street attacks in San Francisco, happened here in Seattle as well. This affects all of us deeply, but without sensationalizing it, I think it does affect Asian Americans on a slightly deeper level. And that's why we did want to talk with Vinu. Even though we had already recorded the first interview, we could not in good faith just continue this series about what it means to be a BIPOC person without asking Vinu, how do you process this? How are you feeling about it? And so that's why we have Vinu back. So before I continue, we are so very grateful to Vinu for coming back to this. We know it's not going to be an easy topic to talk about, but that that courage to confront this as uncomfortable as it is, is so much of what we want to do as a community, as so much of what we want to do as a podcast. But this conversation needs to be led by people of color who are affected by this, who do not have the luxury of saying this is not a big deal. It is a big deal for us. Vinu, how are you feeling about that? You know, I'm just going back to um, the last time we spoke when I mentioned so often um, our identity is something that is not of our choice, right? And especially as people of color, there's things that are ascribed to us we have no idea about usually, you know, what's going on in someone's mind um, when they see us. And I'm just, you know, the whole, the whole time during the pandemic, we've been hearing about violence against um, Asian Americans and Asians in America. And that's, that's, this is one of the ways in which identity is something that kind of is just put on us. And I think for uh, immigrants who've come come in newly into America, like this can just be just so shocking. Um, I I know I wasn't really I wasn't really thinking about oh what racism will I face when I go to America. <laughs> I was thinking about my school and trying to get ready for classes, thinking of the readings. Uh, 
and I was just a student, you know, like I was in a relative place of privilege. Um, and yeah, just usually immigrants who come in here are thinking of housing. How do I get housing? How do I um, get food? How do I find community here and access? And to just to have to navigate some like this kind of violence um, and to have this put on you and to have this be ascribed to your skin color and to how you look and the body you inhabit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so violating. Um, and I think during COVID, there have been a lot of Asian Americans who've also just been experiencing a lot of um, isolation, right? And, and so I think a lot of people have been just struggling with all of this alone and then going out and really not feeling safe. And, you know, there's been so many small, not small, but things that are not recorded uh, on and things that are not reported about where it's just, there's violence after violence and not all of it is recorded. Some of it is just, you know, on the buses, public transport, you're just trying to get around. And uh, I was, I heard about someone being spat on the other day on the bus, just, they were just sitting there uh, being Asian. <laughs> Right. I was going to say, I mean, shortly before everything shut down, I, you know, I would actually park at the cathedral and take the bus down to my workplace in the U district when I had to usually ride the bus up the hill in the evening for, for choir or whatever. And um, I'm pleased to report that I did not get spit on, which would have been disgusting. But, but I did get people who would just move away from me, um, which and I was like, I, I have seasonal allergies and I happen to be Asian. Like that, that, that's all, <laughs> you know, and it was, and like, th those are the sorts of things I suspect you're also thinking of. Yeah. It's just these, these little, really uncomfortable things that, that were going on that I think people don't realize how much is contributing to the problem, I guess. I have a question for both of you, actually, that I'm sort of curious about. And that is both as very welcome emigrates to the United States. You're what makes this country actually great anyway. Um, but what sorts of things, if anything, like, how do I ask this? What did you know about racism in America? Was it just like, wow, they're terrible to all the darker, like, you, you know what I, I or, or do either of you have a better way for me to ask that question without being like America's stupid, <laughs> you know, or something, but, but I'm curious, like, like, what, what kinds of impressions um, did you have? Because I, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm pretty pleased that it never occurred to you that you'd be like, well, I'm going to come here and have to worry about racism against me, you know, like, just like I, I'm curious about that because again I 
I've, I've just been here and I know what I know and nothing else, you know, if, if, if either of you are willing to talk about that, if not, like we can cut that all out or whatever, but I'm so curious as a, as a naive American. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember, um, this isn't great. It's a, it's a bit of a violent story to share, but, um, one, some, a relative of mine, uh, not in Seattle, just somewhere else, was shot because um, they were mistaken for another brown man. And this is what I knew. <laughs> and this was just a story in the family. Um, it wasn't necessarily right at the forefront of my mind for some reason. I think there's just so much that you're having to worry about when you come to America, right yeah right? There, there are other things to think about certainly. yeah there's passports but, and blah 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 and you're on a yeah, plane for the first time sometimes right. things like <laughs> right, that. right right so it wasn't necessarily what I was thinking about but I I remember um the person who picked me up from the airport they they were uh going to be another classmate of mine and so they were uh, we connected over Facebook she picked me up over at SeaTac and one of the first things she said was, um, you know, there's not too many shootings here. And I suddenly remembered that. Um, and it was just right from the airport, you know. So wasn't right at the forefront of my mind, the racism. But definitely, this is something I've known. Um, and it's weird. It's weird that it wasn't right at, you know, right at the forefront. It's just, it was some, it was like normalized violence about America that I knew. Well, that, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that, that's really eye-opening for me because I, I mean, just in terms of my own timeline, if if you don't mind me talking about myself a little bit. Please do, Kara. (laughs) I will talk about, anyway, um, the first, you know, I'm 31, but the first 10 years of my life were the 90s. And right at the end of that were the Columbine shootings, which were not racially motivated, but you know, the, the two kids went to Columbine High School and shot it up. But it was the tipping point that a lot of Americans of my age and a little bit younger remember gun violence like starting to get more and more frequent. And by the time I had graduated from college and actually moved back to Seattle in 2012 of, of all years, um, that was when it started being like, I mean, that was the year that uh, terrible Sandy Hook happened, you know, yeah. and then it also like, you know, thanks to the the advent of live streaming everything you do in your life, uh, we started seeing the videos of police officers, you know, pulling their gun on different shades of brown people uh regardless of (laughs) of actual ethnicity and oftentimes in mistaken identity just as you described with your with your family member where you know someone sometimes the police officers some usually a police officer sometimes other will just say oh they look dangerous and they'll just pull it out and shoot just there's lots to be said about that but it's not it's, it's not important to, to what we're actually talking about, but I, I just, I, I think what you just shared with me is, again, it's like earth shattering for like that, that's so interesting that that was 
in the forefront of your psyche, even though it was never really talked about until you actually came and when we're living in Seattle and stuff. And um, now, Michael, if you don't mind me turning this on the head, but <laughs> it's the same thing. I'm curious. I mean, because um, you because um, you've been here a little bit longer, but like that was about that was a couple of years after Columbine that you that you came to the U.S. and but that was like right at the beginning of like the <laughs> the the weird not weird the the gun violence, but also a lot of racially involved, like one way or the other, you know. It's it's a fascinating question, and I don't want to talk for too long about it because it's it's not fully the core of what we're going to discuss. But so what did I know about racism in America? Growing up overseas, as you know, obviously Vinu did, and there's some parts of this that she might recognize. When we learned about American history and specifically the history of the civil rights movement, it's covered the the absolute basics of um, slavery, civil war, and pretty much just fast forwarded to the mid 20th century, um, where the most the most prominent figures of the civil rights movement came up. There were a few of the uh, the hard and the difficult stories of how civil rights marchers were attacked. But the story mostly wrapped up with the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that he was a martyr for the cause, and then after he died, things just kind of balanced out. And that was really the extent of the American history, as certainly as it pertains to race, that we got in school. And coming over here, I moved to the U.S. in 2003. Coming over here, it was a little bit of a surprise, a little bit of cultural shock to learn that completely nice people uh, could still have very, very small-minded, very um, regressive ideas about race and people from other countries, especially if those people from other countries had different colored skin and di different sounding last names. One of the earliest examples I can remember was actually before I moved here for school, but it was in 1994 when my family and I were in, I think we were in Atlanta, Georgia, because that's where my sister went to school. We were renting out a car and it took forever for us to, um, to get the paperwork that we needed. Eventually, uh, one of the sales associates or you know, one of the uh, people who worked there came out to us, took us to the car, filled out everything. And I, I have a very clear memory of him saying that his manager didn't want to come out and talk to us because his manager didn't like talking to colored people. And it was only after we were driving away did we realize, shit, that happened to us. It wasn't just something we were watching on TV. We were the not white people who were discriminated against for no other reason than we were a family of folks who were not from Atlanta, Georgia, or not from wow. any other state. And then coming to Seattle, I moved to Seattle in 2005. And my, I, I forget if there was ever a specific time, but there was definitely the notion that up here in the Pacific Northwest, racism is just not a thing that really happens. I don't remember any specific events. I don't remember any specific conversations. 
But then obviously, the longer you live here and the more you open your eyes or have your eyes open for you, you realize that this is, in a way, a microcosm of how racism across the country exists. Always, always there, always under the surface, occasionally breaking out into, and usually manifesting in horrible ways, whether it's somebody uh, moving away from you when you're walking down the, the aisle on the bus or um, as friends of mine have experienced things being yelled at them when they're standing at a crosswalk or when they're walking their dog or, you know, in even worse cases of violence, the racism is always there. It, 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 it's just under the surface sometimes. Occasionally it bubbles over. But there was another interview, Kara, and I did where I said there have been times I've had to be very cognizant of where I was, who was around me, what time of day it was, making sure that I didn't do anything to draw attention to myself, uh, which is probably not something that most of our white friends have to think. I say that with, ultim with utmost regard and respect for women who uh, have to have that sense of situational awareness, for trans women who have to have that sense of situational awareness. But when it comes to race, again, that sense of always having one eye looking behind you to make sure nothing is coming towards you, um, that becomes a part of who we are. That becomes just that having that sixth sense to watch yourself and to watch the people around you, that doesn't come up overnight and it doesn't come up for no reason. It's We've learned the hard way, it's always there. Thank, thank you both for sharing that on, on that, that, that little detour. But I, uh, one of the things that I am learning uh, with this project and with listening is that, and, and I think I've, I probably said this in your other episode too, is that part of this racism problem is very, very deeply tied with the really toxic America first kind of stuff. And so it's, it's really interesting for, for me, but it's, it's, I, I think it's important and interesting to, to say like, like the, this has ended up being a really kind of America trademark problem. Like not that racism doesn't exist anywhere else, but this particular kind of racism that we're talking about doesn't, seem to be as like open of a problem and it's so but I digress again <laughs> I'll stop digressing probably <laughs> however talking about it like this as uncomfortable as it is um, my hope is that folks who listen to this will will remember that these are the stories of the people of color that they know. It's not just something that happens in other states, and it's not just something that happens to other people. We have white friends who are probably completely oblivious to this. I'm not saying that because they are, uh, they're ignorant, but just because they've never had this conversation. They've never thought to have this conversation, or they've wanted to, but just have never heard how. But the three of us, sharing this space together and being real with each other to say, this stuff happens. But Vinu, like you said, just by virtue of having the skin color we do, it's, it's hard not to internalize some of this. I'm trying to think of um, a way that we can 
address that <laughs> uh, given what just happened, uh, given the shootings. Like, and you are Asian American and you've had people move away on the bus from you. Like, how can that not become personal, right? One thing that's just in the back of my mind um, is it, it's so, uh, it's really weird for me to think about, you know, for so much of my life, I've been Indian, right? And, and now I'm Asian and that category includes people that I wouldn't necessarily, uh, I, I mean, I guess I say I'm South Asian, um, and, but Kara, I'm not Asian American in the way that you're Asian American. <laughs> it's a I different feel- Asian American experience. Because, mm. I mean, you're still Asian and you're still in America. Just My, my yeah. family's Asian-ness has been informed by different things is all. But you're, you're still Asian American <laughs> in, um, in my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm just, you know, aware that I may not have experienced some of the... Um, you know, intersectional violence that you have. So I, I don't know if it's worth it just for you to hear that. Um, and I'm so sorry for everything going on. Thank you. But I, I, I'm sorry, a member of your family was, oh my goodness. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, again, these are the things that we just are told not to talk about because we're rocking the boat or whatever. And Mm. you know what i'm a capsize the boat if it's going to be racist like this so <laughs> oh that's beautiful capsize the racist boat <laughs> do it <laughs> we, need, we need that on t-shirts and masks and everything wow yeah then i am so grateful that as difficult as this has been you've shared you shared this part of your story and your experience with us and i think people who listen to this will really take that with them and um, these these changing a culture is not going to happen without people like you looking through that discomfort to say that they want to be a part of the new story that's being told. So thank you so much for coming back and for, for engaging this much. Um, speaking for myself, I am so deeply grateful uh, that we can continue to do this work together. Yeah, I I am too. Thank thanks for coming back and and I mean, I'll just regurgitate everything Michael just said, but coming and talking about something that's really difficult but so important, and it's important that your voice is heard. Is is it's important that your voice is heard too. Thank you guys so much for having me. I just I I'm hoping that both of you as well take care of yourselves. Um, and yeah, I guess for any person of color in St. Mark's or even outside who's hearing this, um, please, please take care. And yeah, like I am happy to talk to you anytime if something comes up that you're wanting to talk about. We shouldn't have to do all of this alone. Mm-hmm.